Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, John Paul and Sadie taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Text WhatsApp 0862-103-103 at the start of a new period when it comes to the coronavirus and our lives seem to be changing on, uh, it was initially a weekly basis, a daily basis. It even feel like it's going to be changing on an hourly basis. Driving to work this morning was just totally bizarre. I was the only, seemed to be the only person out driving. I passed a guard the car. I met a postman who was on foot. He was delivering his letters on foot. I Two or three joggers uh, passed me or I passed them and then I passed somebody walking a dog and there didn't seem to be any anybody else. And then as I came under the flyover, uh, which leads up to Cork uh, there did seem to be traffic alright on the flyover but it seemed to be mainly uh, trucks everybody certainly abiding by the new regulations that are now in place and of course if you are deemed an essential worker and I'm glad to report we here at local radio we're part of the essential workers which is good to hear Um you are, we're, we're all being asked to carry letters with us to show what we're doing. We can be stopped by the Gardaí. I'm assuming the army will be getting involved at some stage, just stopping and asking people. And I heard lots of stories of people being stopped over the weekend. Some of our staff members coming to work were stopped, asked to be asked where were they, they were going. And But in the main, I think people are abiding by the rules and regulations that have been put in place. And they've been put in place for for all of our benefit it it had to be done I mean especially when we saw what happened last weekend I mean this day last week I was here with lots and lots of you calling in saying how packed the beaches were people in West Cork were saying you know their area was swamped with people coming in as the week went on we heard from you know those gorgeous people who live on the islands off the coast of Cork saying and they had, they'd put the word out to people saying please don't come to our islands leave us alone we don't have COVID-19 on the islands we're trying to protect all of our residents because if God help us somebody got sick out in the islands trying to get them in and trying to get them off the islands and then you get them on to the mainland and then trying to get them to the nearest hospital you know it just takes such an amount of time and they'd have to meet so many people along the way and if it was COVID-19 would they be spreading it to other people so their advice to people was leave us alone and people didn't people still went out to the islands. So I was so thrilled when I listened to Leo Varadkar on Friday night when he made the announcement when he said nobody allowed onto the islands except residents and for the delivery of, of goods etc. So at least the people on the islands can feel a little bit protected. And But the beaches had been full last weekend. The parks, you know, any sort of one 
these beautiful amenities that we have and that we will all be able to get back to uh, one day but they were thronged with people so something something had to be done and so that's what's been put in place you can go out and have your exercise you can go out for your walk uh, if you're under 70 but two kilometres of your home and that's it so you can't drive to where you want to do your two kilometre walk and I know I heard some of the Gardaí had to stop people even when the rules and regulations and the new measures were put in place on uh, Friday night to tell people go home, you're not within two kilometres of your house. And there's a, an amazing photograph taken by the wonderful Dan Lenham of Garda Tim McCarthy standing, it says, on duty on Longstrand in West Cork. And he's literally just looking down the beach to see if and nobody, literally absolutely nobody on the beach. But if the measures hadn't been put in place, that probably would have been a very different photograph indeed. So we're all living under these new measures. But like, let us all stop and know that we're doing it to save lives. That's ultimately what we are going to do. We are going to save lives and just try and spend the time and enjoy it. Try and come up with new things to do. As I was chatting with Simon earlier, I mentioned our houses are never going to be so clean. And, and and the weather was beautiful at the weekend. I have to say yesterday in particular, I was out doing some gardening and you could hear the amount of lawnmowers that were going. And where I was living, there seemed to be somebody out with some kind of power tools, an angle grinder at one stage, I'm sure I heard. So there's lots of jobs around the house that people can do as well. And it's just to try and keep busy and to keep in some kind of a routine. And and then keep in contact. It is so important that we keep in contact with people. If you can try and think of somebody today who maybe you haven't spoken to in quite some time, if you know of somebody who is self-isolating, somebody over 70, people, particularly those that are living living alone, pick up the phone and call them. And I had a chat with a friend that I haven't spoken with in, in a good few weeks at the weekend. And it was lovely. It was great to catch up, great to see how he was doing. Uh, I was speaking to somebody then who really missing seeing their grandchildren. And, and I know that can be so difficult, but technology is great and FaceTime and WhatsApp calls video causes lots of ways we can keep uh, keep in contact and of course on post have given out these wonderful free postcards that you can post to anywhere in Ireland and there's something nice about something coming through the letterbox that isn't a bill <laughs> as all we seem to get in the post now because the days of letter writing sadly is gone for so many people and these free postcards there's two being delivered to every home spend time if you've children maybe get the children uh, the obvious one is for the for the children to send one maybe to, to granny or granddad but maybe think of somebody who's alone and and maybe send them you know write a little note pop the postcard in the post and can I thank Jerry from Watergrass Hill because I feel truly honoured that Jerry from Watergrass Hill decided to select me as one of the people that he sent one of his free postcards and he sends, just sends in a card saying thanks for keeping us up to date uh, with all that's going on and it's um, with kisses from Jerry from Watergrass Hill and I really appreciate that Jerry. Uh, thanks a million but send your postcards out you know spend the time it'll while away some time as well because you'll have to dig out the get out the address book that certainly in my house only comes out at Christmas when I'm set to the Christmas cards get out the address book and find two people that you can send but the postcards they have to be sent in Ireland you can't send them overseas they're for people here in uh, Ireland. Now Sadie and John Paul are taking your calls at 1850 333103 and queries already starting to come in this morning including uh, the Cork County Council somebody says Trish Cork County Council have announced that they're closing all of the Brink sites the civic community sites many residents rely on this service surely it's essential 
for our health and hygiene. Please can you look into it for us as it doesn't seem well thought of that they've decided to close the amenity sites. So we did get on to Cork County Council and they tell us yes the civic amenity sites they say temporarily closed with immediate effects. They say the council's ability to service spring sites has always been impacted upon uh, has been, not always, has also been impacted upon and as such bins may fill more quickly than at other times. Customers are requested to store recyclable materials at home until the movement restrictions are lifted and Cork County Council can return to a full service offering. Please note any waste left on the ground at bring sites are left at civic amenity sites when they're not operating is deemed at littering and will lead to prosecution and of course the CCTV cameras at all of those bring sites so please do be extremely careful. So they are closed with immediate effect and telling people to keep your rubbish and keep your recycling items at home. But Mary in Mallow is picking up on this and said she couldn't believe when she heard that the bring sites are going to be closed and she says they're suggesting we store our recycling at home. But I use the civic amenity site for my household waste. How can I store my household waste at home? Surely it will attract rats and God knows what else. I can't afford the bin companies because they charge an arm and a leg. Why can't they even open the recycling plants two days a week? This is going to have a huge domino effect, says Mary from Mallow, who uses her at the recycling centre for household waste. So we'll get back on to Cork County Council because they haven't mentioned household waste in the closing of the civic community site. So we'll see what they come back with and if they have any suggestion as to what Mary, and I suppose there's others as well, what they can do uh, about that. 1850-333-103. Keep your calls coming to John Paul and Sadie and keep your texts as well. Now, nursing homes, they've been hit by 17 clusters of the coronavirus, leaving several vulnerable elderly residents severely ill with the infection. There's been another 16 clusters. This is where groups of connected people are infected that have broken out in hospitals. That's the breakdown of the latest analysis of the figures. Now, a breakdown of the age group of the 33 people who died from the coronavirus up to, this would have been midnight on Thursday, because we know that figure has gone even higher. It shows that people over the age of 65 bore the brunt. 29 of the 33 were over the age of 65. Four fatalities were in younger age groups. It did include a patient aged between 25 and 34. And I'm assuming that that patient is that dad because some of the family went public about that. It was a 33-year-old man, a father of three, who became no underlying health condition, by the way, became very unwell and died from COVID-19. The number of deaths to yesterday rose to 46. Ten patients uh, died in the last, the 24 hours up to yesterday, and it was eight men and two women. The average age still of the people dying from COVID-19 is 77. And the three of the of the patients that died, the 10 that were announced yesterday, six were in the northeast, three were in the northwest and uh, just one here in the south. But as we know, that is one too many for us uh, here in the south for sure. Number of cases, 200 more positive cases have been identified. But that is showing... That is slowing slightly, which is showing that the results of the physical distancing, the closure of the schools and the businesses, it is showing that it is is work 
is working. But Tony Hoolan says we must remain focused in our shared efforts to prevent the spread of the infection in order to prevent severe illness, especially those that will require intensive care admission and ultimately we will save lives. Simon Harris is meeting with Nursing Homes Ireland today to try to see what they can do. Uh, It's growing concern now about the manner in which the virus is taking hold in nursing homes. So really something needs to have to be done there. Ty Daly of Nursing Home Ireland says that has calling now on the HSC not to be recruiting staff from nursing homes at this stage as they need to secure a share of the cargo of protective clothing and equipment that arrived in from China yesterday. HSE official Anne O'Connor said the surge in the affection peak. They're expecting now that it is going to be the middle of April for us here in Ireland when they say there could be more than 1,200 patients in hospital who were seriously ill and will be receiving critical care. That's a huge, huge amount. They're working towards a peak in mid-April. They're saying somewhere between the 10th of April and the 14th of April, they're going to be, it's going to be the worst case for this country. That's what they're preparing for. There was 88 patients in intensive care yesterday. That's the figure that I am watching closely. And that is the figure that is just climbing every single day. It is, for example, seven times higher than what it was 10 days ago. Because if we're to see an increase in deaths from COVID-19, it will come from that group of patients that are in intensive care and they're on ventilators. And I heard over the weekend, the longer a person is on the ventilator, the more likely they are not to survive. It is just so, so sad. The HSE chief executive, Paul Reid, said the reality was that hospitals will be under pressure, but every effort has been made to increase capacity. For example, they're doubling the number of critical care beds. They've already gone from 250 to 500. There's 1,700 additional beds with ventilation support will be available. And there's plans to increase that number by by a hundred every week for the next 10 weeks. The health officials and the medics are again appealing to people to please follow the guidelines, keep doing the physical distancing, stay at home as much as you can because by us staying at home we are going to prevent the spread of the virus that is we know it is circulating in communities. Up to midnight on Friday the cases show that more than one in two of those affected were men And I don't know why this is and I don't know, oh, is this something that we will only find out when this is all passed and they're really able to dig down and look at the figures. But men, for some reason, more than women, are more likely to test positive for COVID-19. And the average age that that those are testing positive is 47. It always seems to have been stuck in the sort of the mid number. So it means that's the average number. Is, comes in at 47. 506 cases of the infection are associated with healthcare workers. That's another figure that I am really, really worried about because if we start losing our frontline staff, if frontline staff go down with the infection, please God, they'll go on to make a full recovery. recovery but for 14 days, they're off the job. They're at home recuperating and uh, getting be- better. Dublin still has the highest number of cases, 1,233, which is 56% of all the infections are in Dublin. Uh, Cork is next. We have 208 infections. This was up to Friday night. That number may have gone up uh, since. And of those who uh, where the transmission status is known, it's 
community transmission is accounting for 51% and that's again the figures there's so many figures out there but there's some that are more important than others the ones of the transmission in the community are the ones we are most worried about because they're the ones if you're if it's in the community and you're out and about you are likely to get it if it is in your community and then close contact that would be people who got diagnosed passing it on to another family member a work colleague that's a 24% and travel abroad accounts at 25% but I'm assuming the number of new cases testing positive for travelling abroad will stop because obviously we've all of our travelling abroad now is is all but stopped. I mean, all that's left now are the people that are being repatriated, the people that are coming back to Ireland. The Lima, the they managed to charter a flight out to Lima, and the patients are coming back. Are the the patients and our patients, the people that were in Lima, they were in a really tricky situation because their country has now gone under military law, and you could end up in jail in Lima if you were caught out in the streets. So there was a really precarious position for holidaymakers in Lima, in Peru, but they've. They seem to be, they're on their way back if they haven't arrived back already. And certainly there are repatriation flights coming back from Australia. There are still more flights coming in from Europe as well. But over the next few days, I think we'll see the last of the travellers coming back. And of course, all of them uh, will be expected as soon as they get off the the planes, they will be expected to self-isolate for two weeks before they go back to work and before they pick up their normal lives uh, again. So cases identified as being acquired overseas or due to travel, they certainly will be the the last of them. We're not going to see uh, any more of, of... of them. I can see more texts and WhatsApps coming in about people with this is with the civic immunity sites closed and people who use the civic immunity sites for their household waste. Uh, for their rubbish uh, and people wondering you can't store household waste certainly food waste and what are we to do about that John Paul is getting back on to Cork County Council just to get direction on that because what we got from Cork County Council they asked people for, to store their recyclable materials at home and that's fine recyclable materials certainly can be stored at home but household waste can't so we're getting on to the council and hopefully we'll have an answer back before the close of the programme and just when we're talking about recycling thank you to Nicholas Corkery says Patricia you might put out a message for us to Today, when people are at home staying busy and clean, having clean outs and doing a little bit of decluttering, if you're cleaning out your clothes presses, the suicide awareness clo- clothing bins are located in Supervenue, Canturk, Kilbrin Community Centre, Bantier Church Car Park, across from the school in Drumahan and Draminer Community Centre. If people could spare a thought for this charity when they're cleaning out, or if people have larger collections of clothing, we can call and collect them when the COVID ban has been lifted. Stay safe. That's from Nicholas. Thank you for that, uh, Nicholas. Suicide awareness, clothes bins in all of those areas. If you want to donate, if you have any items, there's a lot of cleaning out going on. And I know the Vincent's shops, which are all proceeds going to the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, they're all closed at the moment. But they have the Vincent's bins are dotted around the city and county. And I, now I'll have to get that checked, actually, now that I think about it, because I, I saw last week the person collecting the clothes bins but they probably are not deemed essential services today. So, yeah, we're going to need to check that, actually. That's now that I'm, I'm thinking aloud. That's something else that's going to be needed to be checked. All of those clothes bins, because you don't want them filling up. Because what happens when they get filled up is people have a tendency then to leave them outside and they'll, it'll end up being littering. They'll end up with stuff just dumped outside the clothes bins. So we'll see if we can get a, a check on 
I'm assuming they're not essential services. They're not going to be empty, especially for the duration of this two week uh, period. 1850-333-103. And I have a really good WhatsApp in from a listener that this was actually sent out from an NHS worker in England. But it is as relevant to us here as it is to the United Kingdom. Just showing why this two week period is so important. And it came in from somebody who's working in the NHS in, in England. And obviously they were sending it on to a family member. And it was as of tomorrow, which was uh, today. Or it probably would have been Saturday. Do not leave home for anything, is what they're saying. Uh, Because the worst begins tomorrow as the incubation date is met and many people that are positive with the virus start to peak. It's at this time that other people are most vulnerable, so it's important particularly for the vulnerable at-risk group to stay at home and do not have contact with anyone, even with members of your outside, of your family who don't live with you. Be very careful. It's very important. This is a very critical time. As in from this week we're going to see the start of the peak of those that are positive. Then there'll be two weeks of calm and then two weeks when it decreases and what the NHS worker who sent this out is basing it on what happened in Italy is that they neglected the contagion period and that's why all the cases turned up together and what's happening those awful scenes that we're seeing out of Italy and of course for the Italians they didn't know what they were dealing with so it is so important this two week period that we've now started that we're now in the middle of that you need to remain indoors particularly if you're over 70 and that's why this lovely phase of cocooning and I think there's something nice about the world the world there's something safe because it's the whole community is we're going to put our arms around those people that are over 70 those people that are vulnerable because help is available. It really, really is. You just need to reach out if you need any kind of help, any kind of support at all. It is available uh, to you. And and we will cocoon you. The rest of us that are able to get out and do our bit, we will cocoon those who need to stay indoors. So I do certainly like that word. I think it's a, it's a terrific word that they have come up with. Now, some of your calls into the uh, programme, including from... Oh, here's an interesting one. This is from... And I give this out in case this has happened to all others. Uh, a listener has contacted us on Wednesday the 18th so that would have been the day after St. Patrick's Day. This lady went for a COVID-19 test. She went to the old testing centre which was behind the hospital in Dunmanway that's since been moved. For the last two weeks she has been awaiting a phone call to get her test results while obviously self-isolating as she was advised to do. Yesterday she rang the HSC herself uh, to find out what were the test results because I'm assuming her two weeks were up at, at this stage or she's nearly close to the two weeks been up. Anyway, uh, they asked her for the ID number that would have been sent to her when the test was booked. She said she was never given an ID number. She was told by the HSC worker on the phone that if she if she didn't have an ID number there was nothing they could do. They couldn't check it for her but they also made the point to her she was coming to the end of the two week period and if she did have the virus by now she'd be over you know she just continue with the two weeks self-isolating but she's just wondering has anybody else found themselves in the same situation I know I had a listener last week whose son had been tested on I think it was either St. Patrick's Day or the day before St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if they were testing on St. Patrick's Day, but it was either the 16th or the 17th. And he didn't, still hadn't, didn't have test results. And when I had Dr. Nick on, Dr. Nick was saying it was four to five days max. I was thinking, oh, that woman has gone over the four to five day max. So obviously some people fall between two stools and I'm not saying test results get lost, but there seems to have been some issue with this particular listener in that she didn't get an ID number. And I'm assuming she doesn't have an ID number. It's hard for them then to work out who the test result 
belongs to. Now, she did get the option of being retested, which says she just doesn't want to go through it all. And anyway, she's going to come to the end of the two weeks and she'll be over. She'll be over the period anyway. And if she does get diagnosed with it, she's over the worst of it. And her isolation period, she will no longer be uh, contagious. But she just contacted us this morning because she's wondering, is she uh, on her own on that one? Anybody else waiting on test results? back towards the middle of March because where are we at today? The 30th of March. You should, according to Dr Nick, you get the results within four to five days. I think it's a text message, she said, if it's a negative result, which is what everybody wants to hear. And then if it's a positive result, you get a phone call, not from your GP. You get a a phone call from a public health doctor who goes through with you because then obviously contact tracing has to begin. 1850-333-103. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp the World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Some 500 nurses and over 120 doctors have returned from overseas in the wake of the national recruitment drive to join the fight against COVID-19. One of those answering the call to put on the green jersey is Dr Paddy Barry, who returned home from Perth in Australia last week and he joins me. Good morning to Paddy. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, Thanks I, very much for inviting me to talk with you. Well, you're very welcome to the programme. Are you over the jet lag at this stage? I am. No, I'm actually in a very good sleeping pattern now. I'm uh, falling, falling asleep at around 10 every night and getting up early as well. So uh, jet lag suddenly goes. Brilliant. Now, you are you obviously, you have to self-isolate for two weeks. Is that it? I do, yeah. So on the day I came home, I was told about kind of the, the quarantine period of two weeks. And then as soon as I'm out of quarantine, I'm back into work. Um, up in Tala Hospital in Dublin. Okay. Um, so the quarantining has actually been fine. Uh, a lot of things you can still do as long as you just do them inside the confines of your own home or your own property. Um, so it's important, I like to say, like it's a time where you can still do things. You, you don't have to do nothing. Um, but it's just in keeping the distance, making sure you're not coming into contact with other people. And you're feeling okay. And I'm feeling absolutely fine. Thanks very much brilliant. for asking. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, how quickly, Paddy, did you make the decision to return home? And, and talk me through how that all came about. Um, I was, I'd like to say a couple of days, but it was more like hours, to be honest. So on um, the first few cases kind of came up uh, like early on in China. And we'd heard a lot of it. It was obviously like kind of big in the medical community. And then the spread to Europe was a little concerning. And eventually we received uh, kind of news of isolated cases in Ireland. 
And at the time, it was very hard to judge how kind of fast it was going to spread or how much the growth would be. Um, but once we saw kind of the appeals for the healthcare staff from the minister, uh, Simon Harris and Keisha Leo Varaka, we decided it would be definitely the right thing to do is to go home and help with the help with the fight. So we kind of received those um, messages and heard about it on a Thursday, maybe, uh, or on a Wednesday. And I went into work the next day and asked, would it be okay to resign? And there's usually a four-week cooling-off period, but um, the staff in Royal Paris Hospital, uh, where I was working, were absolutely brilliant. They completely understood, and they allowed me to cancel the contract on the Friday, which was my last shift. Uh, so I finished up a night shift on the Friday into the Saturday and then flew out Sunday night. Well done, well done. And how long had you planned to stay in Perth? Uh, we were definitely planning on staying for at least another eight months to a year. So we were going to stay for a little bit longer. But uh, no, it, it definitely it was definitely the right move to come back. And I, uh, I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to be able to help. Okay, and you're, you're using your, the, the Royal, the collective we. You're speaking on behalf of you and who else? Uh, me and everyone else who's come back, to be honest, I'm one of the very many who've come back. Um, I think it was just announced yesterday that there was 262 extra nurses and 63 extra doctors who've been recruited in the last few days. Yeah. Um, so there's loads of people putting their lives on hold from abroad. Now, I was only there temporarily for a year or two, um, just as kind of uh, opportunities work, you know, the health service and a bit of a holiday. Um, at the same time with the nice weather but there's people who've been living abroad for years who are coming back and really putting their lives on hold and so I've massive respect for them and I have a huge respect for the people coming out of retirement and who are knowingly putting themselves at a greater risk than younger professionals like myself and they're still determined to help And what was life like in in Perth in Australia? Um, Life was lovely Uh, the weather was brilliant Um, people are absolutely great and no I, I really I really enjoyed my time there and there's a good Irish community isn't there in Australia there is a good Irish community but there's also the uh, there's always the pull to home there's something <laughs> like when you're away you, ne- you never quite feel settled um, so it is it is nice to be back even though it's not in the nicest of times yeah. um, it's, it's, it's always lovely to come back to Ireland and I definitely will be settled in Ireland in the future well done well done and by the way how is Australia dealing with COVID-19 um, so Australia is still early. When I say early days, I mean earlier than ourselves at the moment. So they've uh, there's more cases coming up on the east coast in like Sydney and Melbourne and those kind of places. But where I was, I was in Western Australia, which is actually very isolated in itself. Like Perth is the most isolated city in the world. Um, so there was only a few cases. I think there was about twenty or thirty cases when I left. Um, it's been growing since. But they're dealing with it well, and they're quite well staffed in Perth, so I think they, they should be okay. Um, as for the rest of Australia, it seems to be growing a bit more rapidly. But, um, yeah, they, they're dealing with it well. I think they've started to kind of put in more restrictions on travel. I don't think they're quite at the pace that we are yet, but they're kind of moving that way. Okay, so you now have a contract with Tala Hospital. Yes. And what will you be doing? Do you know what department, where you'll um, be going? Yes, I'm, I'll actually be working on the general medical team. So um, general medical team, basically any medical patients that come into the hospital on a given night is usually seen by this team on the next day and then they'll be um, categorised into associated subspecialties. Um, so with the COVID crisis, 
Um, all the corona, a lot of the COVID patients will come under our team and will be managed by our team. Um, so we'll be, but every, all the teams kind of will be putting in an extra effort to manage the COVID cases as the numbers go up. Okay, and as as a doctor, Paddy, what what are your worries about this pandemic? Um, I I'm confident, to be honest, I'm confident in the skill of the Irish healthcare workforce. It's an incredible workforce. And I'm also confident in the efforts of the government. And in the last few days, there's two major things that have been announced. The first one was obviously the Aer Lingus flight arriving with the extra PPE mm-hmm. from China. And there was a deal for more than 230 million um, for PPE. So that's great. We've got more protective equipment, which is what we need. And then another one was the first major isolation facility was announced. So it's in the City West Hotel in Dublin. Uh, there's 750 rooms with uh, 1,100 beds and 600 overflow beds as well for step-down hospital care. So this is absolutely crucial because this allows us, as soon as people are ready to kind of step down from the hospital, as soon as they're well enough to not need that inpatient care, they can move straight over there, and we can free up beds for more people to come in. So I think with the effort from the hospital staff and with the effort from the government, um, I, I do have concerns. But they're not major. I think we, I think we're well prepared for this, and I think on the way we're going, if we all put in a lot of hard work, I think things will be okay. And the, and the measures that were put in place on Friday night by Leo Varadkirk the, and and Simon Harris, the right thing to do. I mean, we're we're effectively, and I know they don't like to use the word lockdown, but mm-hmm. we effectively have gone into we've closed the country down uh, almost. But that is the right thing to do at this time. Yeah, so the, the increased restriction measures, which is what I call it, um, they are the right thing to do. Um, the two-kilometre radius, the public transport restrictions and the cocooning are among some of the things noted in it. And um, this is all, what we need now is a public effort. The public effort is crucial in the outcome. Um, so at the moment, community transmission now accounts for over half of the cases. And the proportion of travel-related cases is just going to go down and down with all the closing of the flights and things like that. So the battle at the moment will be won by the public effort. Um, the healthcare staff can save many lives, but the public can save the most. But it is it's good to note, though, that the public has been making a huge effort. Uh, the fall in the number of contact positive cases in the contact tracing. Um, last week, or the week before, sorry, it was an average of 20 people who has come into close contact with the positive case. And now it's an average of five people. It's fantastic. So the public has been making a huge effort and it makes me really proud that people of Ireland are all pulling together at this time. I see a lot of people making extra efforts. I've seen a few business, um, a few Irish business owners uh, have been offering to pay for hotel rooms for healthcare staff and things like that. So it, it makes me really proud to see how much of an effort Ireland as a whole is making. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, you know, uh, previous generations, when we had emergencies and we had situ- situations that affected the world, uh, you know, were asked to go to war. Uh, we've, been yeah. asked, we've been asked to sit at home on our couches and watch Netflix. You know what I mean? In, in the scheme of things. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know. OK, listen, we're, we're, we're so I, I can't even sum up in words, Paddy, how proud we are of all of you young doctors and nurses who've answered oh, the call. It's, so it, it's been just so heartwarming to see some of the pictures coming out from the airport and I would be remiss of me not to mention to people uh, while you're a Dublin based uh, doctor you uh, have very much got North Cork connections and your nephew of the former Cork East uh, TD Tom Barry 
I am. I am. My dad's side of the family is from Killabullen and my mum's side is from Rockcarby. So I'm very, the, the Cork roots are very ingrained in me. And um, I remember many holidays, like many summers spent down in Cork as a young kid. Did you? Good on you. It's a great, it's a great spot. And when uh, all this is over and we're allowed to travel again, Paddy, you'll be back down to the other relatives. I definitely will. I definitely will. <laughs> Listen, you <laughs> stay you safe, so okay? And it was a pleasure to talk to you. God bless. Mind yourself. Brilliant. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. What a lovely, lovely young doctor. That's our future. That is uh, Dr. Paddy Barry, who has answered Ireland's call, packed up his life in Perth, in Australia, and jumped on a plane and uh, came home. And uh, Mary obviously has come in. Not you didn't hear you missed the start of the interview, Mary, because Mary says doctors and nurses who are returning to Ireland do they have to go into isolation when they arrive here? Yes, and it was the start of my interview was with Paddy was talking about the fact that he has he has to self isolate for two weeks. He's he's got absolutely no symptoms and he's fine, but just to be sure, to be sure, to be sure. And obviously he's going into the front line because he will be working in uh, Tala Hospital. And you know it's we cannot be more proud of these young doctors and and nurses. You know and you know. They're giving up great lives abroad and great experiences, but they know they're needed back home and they've come home, which is which is fantastic. OK, can I just clarify something else that is coming? I saw a text come in earlier on this one. And, by the, and I, I'll just clarify this straight away. Hi, Patricia, are newspapers safe to buy? Would there be any germs on them? No, absolutely not. But what we say to everyone, if you are heading out and you're buying, and I know I put a tweet up at the weekend to please try to buy, if you were out shopping at the weekend, to buy a newspaper and maybe pick up the local newspaper because journalists are just working flat out, particularly the ones in the print media, doing absolutely exceptional copy day after day after day. And they're an industry, obviously, with advertising gone down, etc. And not as many people out, you know, the sale of papers is going to go down. So if you are going out for your daily constitutional, you might consider popping in and buying a newspaper and maybe picking up once a week, picking up the local newspaper in your area as well. But as with anything like that, when you come home after buying it, if you're if you're feeling, you know, oh, there might be germs on that, just simply wash your hands. Keep the hand washing going. And maybe after reading the newspaper, just wash your hands again and keeping your hands away from your face, keeping your hands away from your nose. Your mouth and your eyes is the most, most important thing. Anyway, I digress. Hi, Patricia. What do I do? I have an appointment for my driving licence renewal uh, in Mallow next week. I live in Charleville. What am I to do? Well, you don't turn up for the appointment for a start because all of the driving licences and the renewal and driving licence applications has all been suspended along with the NCT. And actually last week we had the amount of calls we had in about people due to get the NCT and wondering about should they were they going ahead and we contacted them on Friday and we were told absolutely NCTs around the country were all open then there was a little bit of confusion which what was announced with the uh, new measures that were announced by the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar on Friday night initially it was deemed that the NCT centres was an essential service now that did cause surprise and concern in some quarters, particularly among the staff of the NCT centres. So then directions were issued outlining initially that only one person per vehicle was going and you had to payment, uh, could only be accepted by card. Anyway, that's all that's all been changed and they've decided now that the NCT centres are going to remain closed with immediate effect and Shane Ross, along with the RSA, are introducing introducing measures to address the implications of suspending both the services, both the NCTs and the National Driving Licence Service all being suspended 
until further notice. And Shane Ross says specifically he's looking at introducing measures that will extend the period of validity of your official document. Uh, documents and he hopes to produce further detail for the public next week because you're going to have people driving around on an out-of-date NCT cert and you're also going to have people driving around with out-of-date driving licence. So he's looking at how that gets sorted out over the next couple of over this week we should have more detail at the end of this week but as even Shane Ross says the most important thing is that everybody stays safe and you abide by the measures that were introduced by the government but if you have either an appointment for an NCT or an appointment to renew your driver's licence no point going both have been suspended until further notice and no point applying for either until this particular uh, period is over the two weeks, whether it's going to get extended at the end of the two weeks, I don't know. Nobody knows the answer to that. But as of now, NCT centres and the National Driver's Licence and NDLS uh, are all closed. 1850-333-103. Sadie and John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Through government decisions, the mobilisation of communities and the leadership of our incredible healthcare professionals, we can have a profound effect on the impact of this pandemic on our people. We have so many heroes manning our front lines, but we need everyone in this country to be a hero. Be a hero in their own home, be a hero in their community by taking the actions that will save lives. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. And we're going to head to uh, the newsroom in a couple of minutes. Just, um, I mentioned cocooning and that I like this phrase of cocooning. Well, one of our listeners says, I absolutely hate this word cocooning that they're using for us over 70. Somebody not happy with it at all and saying cocooning is to do, it, it, cocooning is to do with insects and that people over the age of 70 are not insects. Well, if you actually look up the definition of cocooning, cocooning is to envelop in a protective or comforting way and that's what I like about it because I think that's what we're doing for our older people and those who are vulnerable and in the at-risk group I like the idea that we as as a community as a country we're enveloping everybody in a protective or comforting way but uh, I absolutely accept that for some people they don't like it 1850 333 103 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls my apologies I have another ad break to get to we'll get to that and we'll head to the newsroom at 11 Make C103 part of your drive home with up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7 on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Alison Mallow said she saw a sign outside a house in Mallow over the weekend and she thought it was nice. The sign that the, these, the household has put up with brighter days will come. Uh, well needed and we all need to do a little bit of positivity at this time. Well done to somebody and maybe we'll see more of that. People putting notices up in their windows just to try to lift everybody's spirit. I decided when I did, I did it yesterday actually I, I, I bought this lovely sort of, a, would you call it an Easter wreath? 
Even though it's not, not well, it's just a nice bright colour wreath. And uh, I was going to put it up. And I said, oh God, with everything that's going on with COVID-19. I said, you know, well, I'll put it up. So I stuck it out in the door. Just, you know, it, uh, yeah, and this morning as I opened the door and left the house, I looked at it and it made me smile. So hopefully other people passing might see it and might make them smile as well. Because we heard last week of people putting up Christmas lights in their window just to add a little bit of brightness. It can be quite gloomy for some people at the moment. And just to show we are all in this together. Passion for Moises. Patricia, when you're mentioning the two kilometre rule, would you put it in miles as well for people? Two kilometres is one and a quarter miles. That's what you're allowed to walk from outside your house. A lot of people are not familiar with kilometres and they're still dealing in miles. Well, for the older people over 70, Pat, they don't have to worry about the two kilometre rule because on cocooning, they're not to go out for their walks, say any exercise that they need to do. They've got to try and do it either in their house or around their own garden. Um, also coming into us, John is a driving instructor. He's aged 72. He's obviously out of work at the moment over COVID-19 because all driving tests have been suspended. He was told he's not entitled to the COVID-19 unemployment payment as it only applies to people aged between 18 and 66. And I suppose what they will say, John, is because you're over uh, 67, you're getting an old age pension. So therefore, you're not entitled to this payment as well. There'll always going to be anomalies like that when they tried to pay people there will always be people who who will be down on money because uh, of it. Uh, stay safe, John. That's the most important thing. Marie in Ballinacorriga. Uh, people living in the Ballinacorriga area who are walking on the roads for physical exercise are constantly being stopped by drivers asking where is the COVID testing centre there's a COVID testing centre this is outside this is in Jamamwe isn't it there's a COVID-19 testing centre and people are being stopped looking for directions now Maria's making because this came up last week as well on the programme Maria's making the point and it came up last week because people were saying it wasn't signposted well enough and what Maria's saying it is well signposted but yet people are still stopping and asking locals uh, and that's worrying people because obviously if it's people going for tests, people with symptoms and a percentage of those people who have the symptoms will obviously test positive for COVID-19. Uh, there are also people going into local shops and it's worrying people. So Marie's advice, if you are going for your test, please find out what the test centre is and don't be stopping asking people for directions. While Jeremiah in East Cork feels that the Department of Health and the HSC, you know, when they give us the daily briefing and every couple of days they'll give us a breakdown of the figures in that they'll break down the age group or they'll break down the areas. Well, they'll always give us a breakdown of the areas of the country in that people in the east which most of us are assuming is Dublin they're talking about people in the south people in the northwest they break down the deaths or the cases that way Jeremiah wonders should they not give us more detail give us more areas for example let us know if we are within a two kilometre radius if somebody has died or somebody has tested positive Jeremiah would like to have more information he said celebrities are constantly coming out saying, look, I've got COVID-19. But he said, surely we should know the black spots and then the idea would be that you could avoid that area if you knew for sure that there was a lot of people there with COVID-19. Would others agree? That's from Jeremiah 1850-333-103. And this is one that I'm querying straight off. Pat has contacted us to say, and this is over the repeat prescriptions because we know that one of the new things that they introduced was pharmacies will be able to dispense your medicine outside of the current period of validity of your existing prescriptions. So if your prescription is out of date, basically, the pharmacist, uh, in line with their clinical judgment, will be still able to give you a prescription. And we've gone back to the HSE for clarity that that's for both private 
patients and medical card patients and we also want clarity on if your prescription is out of date you need to contact your doctor because that's what Pat did. Pat contacted his doctor for his repeat prescription to be told by his doctor that the repeat prescription would be sent to a pharmacy in Mitchellstown. Now, unfortunately, I don't know where Pat was calling from, but he wants it sent to his local pharmacy. I'm querying that any doctor... I think you're well within your rights to ask that your prescription be sent to the normal pharmacy that you deal with. I would be absolutely querying that. We'll get back on. I'll get John Paul to get back onto the HSC on that just to get clarification on that. Uh, Pat, and maybe you need to get back onto your doctor to say, no, this is the pharmacy I use and this is the pharmacy where I want to go uh, to collect my prescription. We'll see if we can get some clarification on that. And we'll give it out as well to see have others rang their local GP. See, I'm, presu- I'm, I'm presuming the fact that they introduced this on Friday night, this was part of the measures that pharmacists would be able to give prescriptions with, with a prescription that's run, run out and that you need to get another one, that they're doing that to stop everybody going to the doctor. But yet, I don't know if, if you need to ring the doctor first to get it Clears that it's okay for your prescription to be renewed again. I don't know. It, we need a little bit more more clarification on that. But I would be interested to hear from anyone who has contacted their doctor because most people now are just ringing the GP and everything has been done over the phone. If you rang the GP looking for a repeat prescription and the GP has said, now I'm going to send it straight through to the pharmacy, which is the right way to do it. I mean, they can do it electronically. They can email it over. Were you able to nominate the pharmacy that you deal with or was it the GP was telling you the pharmacy that you now have to go to? Let us know if anybody has been in that situation. You've been onto your GP who has sent your prescription onto the pharmacy. Did you say, did you nominate the pharmacy that you wanted used? Like, i.e. your normal pharmacy. 1850 This is coming in from our traffic department to say, Patricia, the road from Mallow to Killarney is as busy as usual with the amount of cars people are ignoring the stay at home and they're putting all at risk. Um, and that's come in from, oh sorry, no, that's come in from uh, Pat in Bantier, so our traffic has, it's been sent on to us. Um, I'm really surprised at that. Where's everyone going? Mallow to Killarney? Are you saying people are going on a day trip to Killarney? The Gardaí, I know, we're told that the Gardaí are out and about and they're stopping cars and asking people where they are going, but that seems, that judging by that text it sounds like people are on a day trip that's that's exactly what these new measures are trying to stop people going off and having a bit of a jolly and thinking this is an extended summer holiday should we have all the family at home let's all pile into the car and we'll go off on a day trip folks please stay at home and your two kilometres the two kilometre rule is for your walking if you want to get out and about and have a walk you can go outside the two kilometres if you need to get to a shop but you're certainly not being encouraged to go off and have a day out at the beach or a day out at a, a nice scenic spot please people stay at home it's for all our all our good and it's to save lives at the end of the day Hi Patricia all the information regarding the NCTs and the driving licence is all online Simon Harris and the RSA have said people shouldn't be worried at the moment about NCTs and driving licence expiring yeah and that's the message we're trying to get through to people and can I just say when people are saying that's all online why are people contacting you not everyone has access to online I saw this go up on Twitter again at the weekend when the Taoiseach was announcing you know go online and you get all the information online please be aware that not everyone 
has access to online because they could be in an area where they've got really, really poor or no broadband at all. And there are other people who are just not into the technology of being online. And for that reason, you know, we we fill in a gap here and I have no problem getting the information out uh, to people. And Pat in Charleville says, Patricia, regarding the test, the driving tests and your license, or the NCT, sorry, and your license renewal. All Shane Ross really needs to do is extend the period for the same time as the lockdown and then let it reopen again. And yeah, and he says he's going to look at everything this week and see what needs to be put in place and, and we'll wait for more information to come back. And Dan says, Patricia, I'd love to sit at home and watch Netflix. I don't have broadband. Well, if you don't have broadband, you can watch the TV and you can read a book and you can listen to radio as well. Lots of things we can be doing at home. And can I just, um, watching TV, I had a lovely email in last week from Noreen. Thank you, Noreen, for this. And my apologies that I didn't get to it last week. Saying, hi, Patricia, hope you both keep, you and John Paul both keeping well. We are. I was wondering if you could raise the point about the poor TV schedule on RTE during this time of self-isolation. Both my parents have been self-isolating for two and a half weeks now. And this was before the measures kicked in on Friday. And we've noticed that basically there isn't much on the telly that's geared towards the older generation. This is the generation probably most in need of throwback shows from years ago during this time to take their minds off the current situation. Of course, the younger generation of Netflix, etc. Perhaps it's time for the younger generation to be introduced to Glenro or Bracken. Maybe rerun some of the old series. Maybe we are missing something that maybe your listeners could direct us towards. Also, my parents will be delighted to get a shout out from you. Their names are Pat and Teresa Ring from Ballinhasic and they listen to you every morning religiously. Nearly every day my mother takes the following comment. Poor Patricia. She's trying to solve all the world's problems. I hope this reaches you and if you get a chance to read it out. I'm glad to do it. I'm just, and my apologies is that I didn't get to it last week. And by the way, they don't know I'm sending this so it'll come as a nice surprise. So hi to Pat and Teresa Ring from Ballinhasic. Good to see that you're self-isolating and that you're looking after yourself and your daughter Noreen is trying to do her bit to see if we can get more on the TV for you. I do think your suggestion about Glenrow, imagine if they started to show old reruns, put in entire series of Glenrows uh, I don't know how many years it actually ran for. I think we'd all get a giggle out of sitting down and watching Glenrow for sure. Actually I loved that programme last night on RTE Keys to My Life and Doyle was the, was the first to do it and it's a series I think there's about eight parts in it where they're going back over people's lives and going back to the homes that people grew up in and there was just something lovely about it and it was quite emotional watching Anne Doyle go back to the different houses she had stayed in over her life. So that's a lovely, lovely series and that's on was on last night at half eight it's on every Sunday night for the next uh, number of weeks and thank you Noreen and once again hi to Pat and Teresa Ring from Ballin Hasick. stay safe guys and enjoy this time of isolation where we're all sort of a little bit more relaxed and we're just taking a little bit of time out and trying to the pace of life has certainly reduced and somebody on cocooning John Ryan in Blackpool good morning to you John says hi hi Patricia just an update our title this is from pensioners we've gone from pensioners to cocooners C103 jobs staff are wanted for summer seasonal job cooking, cleaning, prepping and serving and that's in the Roscarbury area that's somebody getting prepped and ready for the summer well done. Carpenters wanted in the Cork area duties will include roofing and first fixing and PE Global Healthcare they're recruiting for a pharmacist, medical information roles and occupational health nurse to work in uh, Cork 
and Breedhaven Nursing Home in Mallow. They've got vacancies for nurses, healthcare assistants, housekeeping attendants and kitchen staff. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Somebody sent in a text querying the fuel allowances. The fuel allowance going on until April. Yes, uh, the fuel allowance gets paid until mid-April. I think it's the second week in April. There was a bit of confusion last week uh, because I was led to believe that it ends at the end of March, but it's not the fuel season for this year is mid-April. There has been talks of some TDs lobbying to have the fuel allowance extended but we haven't heard anything back but the current fuel allowance payments runs until mid-April so it isn't wrapping up uh, this week or it didn't wrap up last week. Now I just want to move to uh, um, I'll get back to your calls and comments and your queries coming in but I want to move to a different issue because the mother of a severely disabled little boy is scared about becoming ill with the coronavirus because she says there's no plan B for her young child's care. Brenda O'Connell Barry from Ballyhay outside of Charlotte is the uh, former recipient of Cork Carer of the Year joins me. Good morning to you, Brenda. Good morning. Um, I'm, well, I'm very well, but I suppose firstly to check in with how you guys are doing and how is Fionn doing? How is he at the moment? Um, he had two great days over the weekend, actually. It was lovely. He was very happy, um, but he, he didn't have a great night. He, didn't, he hasn't been sleeping very well, but the farm was good with him during the two days. Um, so he's he's gone back to sleep there now, but he had a, a pretty rough night. What does that uh, mean for you that when when Fiona has a pretty rough night? It just means that he's crying most of the night and very unsettled, and nothing that we do can help him really. You know, it's it's distressing for us trying to to calm him and soothe him, and there isn't really anything that we can do. You know, he just keeps continuously crying and crying and crying. Does it mean he's in pain? It does, yeah, it does, it does, and we're not sure where the pain is coming from. It could be, it could be now. We're just worried because his physio. We've had to stop him going to his physio, and his physio that comes into the house here has stopped. So we're doing the best our can, to, the best we can to stretch him and do things with him. But it's not the same type of physio, Patricia, that he's used to getting. You know, and he's back. He's getting little spasms in his back and. It's, it's hard on him so it could be that it could be just the cerebral agitation that he regularly gets and that just his brain and he just cries and cries and cries with that as well and there's, there's, and there's no pain relief for that there's no pain relief for that and that's it's just horrendous to watch and he has ongoing issues with his kidneys as well at the moment Patricia um, kidney stones intermittent kind of kidney stones and urinary retention and you know that's all so so painful for him and uh, like I've over the years suffered kidney infections it's just the pain of it is Mm. just and anyone's ever had a kidney stone well it's for for women, they say it's worse than childbirth. It's just excruciating. Yeah. The poor little love. So when he's like that, does that mean then that's no sleep for you? Yeah, yeah. It does, yeah. Are you exhausted? Um, I had Trevor at home this weekend now, so Trevor did last night and I did Saturday night. So, you know, we're kind of okay currently, but... 
if it was, you know, if we, we have nurses coming in during the week still, I have two nurses and none of them, neither of them are in a hospital setting. They're both just working here solely with Fionn. So I I know a lot of the other mums with the sick kids have stopped their nursing care. But Patricia, I actually don't know how long that I could cope if I had to stop my help coming in. Um, you know, I'm I'm on my knees most days, even after getting my few hours sleep when the nurse comes. So I'm going to try and hold on to them for as long as as long as I possibly can. You know, and until until um, we have to. You know, I I just don't know how long we could last as a family. You know going like this Trevor and what what's, what remind us of the of the support that you get from the nurses we have five nights at the moment Patricia so five so, so does that mean you can sleep on those five nights yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, and unless, that's important. unless no yeah unless that he's screaming now because you know obviously and then nobody him, sleeps yeah. yeah yeah so that happens quite a bit so even though we do have a nurse those many nights I suppose we can lie down and we don't have to get up to it, I suppose. But when you can still hear it as a parent, I think your heart is still breaking and you're still, you're, you know, you're saying to yourself, well, I am anyway, I'm inside in the bed and I'm saying, I'm wondering, are they doing this now and are they doing that? And did they try this? You know, oh, this no, kind of a thing going on inside in the bed. And you're, and, um, you're, and you're hoping it'll just stop so that he can yeah, sleep. Exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Because we have we have some medicines that we can use and you know often people will say to me would you not give those during the day and I say no because I I want Fionn to try and have some rest and sleep at night it's more important for him for his little routine I like I like to keep the strong stuff for at night that he might just get a bit of rest and like it makes the days even harder then because you have to try and peacefy him for the whole entire day whereas he'll get a few hours rest at night and you know people have said to me God you're silly you should use those drugs for yourself during the day to get the break but no no, I, I know. You yeah, know, yeah. you know what I mean, Patricia. Yeah, it's and easy. Him. Yeah, and yeah, that's easier easier said than done. But you, you need yeah. he needs the routine, and and if he can sleep at night, and and by him sleeping at night, I assume then you might get two good days like you got at the weekend. Exactly. If you can, if, yeah. you, if you can keep that routine going. Yeah. So as a family, then to... are um, Brenda, are you self isolating? Um, I'm myself and Fionn have been isolating. I took Fionn out of school a week before the school closed, Patricia, because I was watching the news and thinking to myself, this is more than, you know, the way people kind of weren't sure how serious it was at the start. I, I thought to myself, this was a bit more than the flu, you know. Yeah. So me and Fionn, we haven't been anywhere for, is it three weeks? How long is it going on now? I don't yeah, it, know. I know. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, you know, everything is like before this happened and, and when was this? And yeah, yeah, I think we're about three, heading into the fourth week for you, certainly. Yeah, so I had him out of school for the week before that. So yeah. Um, myself and Fionn have been nowhere. Uh, Trevor is still going in and out to work, but when he comes in, he takes off the work clothes and washes them and has a shower and everything before he comes near us. Yeah. And he's he's still able to go out and get the shopping and things. But I mean, I'm I'm completely isolating now and Fionn as well. Are you finding it tough? Um, I'm I'm not. Um, it's I suppose for carers like myself, all the families that have children like Fionn, we're sort of isolating all the time because we're trying to protect our little ones from just the normal flu and colds and infections on a daily basis, Patricia. Um, 
it's it's not as odd to me as it is to standard families. I'd say it's it's more commonplace to us. You know, we've we have the signs up on our doors and windows for washing and sanitizing the hands upon entry all the time. Um, we have our hand hygiene in place all the time. You know, it's not. It's your normal it's not, routine. Yeah, yeah, it's not as abnormal to us, I suppose. I only ever got the break when he went to school. That was the first time that I ever had a break from isolating for myself. So I suppose I am finding it a little bit because when he was in school, I was able to go down and do the groceries and do the few bits. And now I can't do that. So I am finding that a bit, I suppose. You know, Trevor's doing his best. He's bringing the groceries. But I'd say to myself, why didn't he get this one or that I one, know. you know? Oh, yeah. You got that brand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And personal but, uh, protective equipment. We're hearing so much about that, about there oh. not being enough in the hospitals. And then there was the no. fantastic news that the flight arrived in from China, loaded down with it yesterday. Have you enough of that to keep no, you? So no, we have, no, we have gloves. Um, we get gloves from the health nurse Patricia but that's all we get uh, Family Carers Ireland brought on a few litres of hand sanitizer to us the other day they're brilliant and um, that's all we have so we have no masks we have no gowns or anything you know for my nurses that are coming in from the outside it would be great if we had um, gowns and masks for, for them, them to, yeah. to protect yeah. us like I'm immunosuppressed myself as well so it's a worry You've got lupus, isn't it? I do, I have the lupus, yeah. And um, so, you know, I'm kind of nervous myself as well. And, you know, like that, like what you said at the start, if I get sick, I don't, you know, there's no plan in place. I don't know what will happen. It's very worrying. I mean, you can't self-isolate from, from, from Fionn. No, no, I can't, no. It's, um... And what are Family Carers Ireland saying? Or have they said anything? Can they give you advice? Oh, they're great. All the time they're always on supporting us and they're trying to get their hands on the PPE themselves. Like they've, um, Tesco actually donated €50,000 to them, Patricia. And they've gone and spent a big whack of that on the hand sanitizer. was the first thing they got. And I think they're trying now this week to source um, the likes of gloves and masks masks and gowns so as soon as they get anything I've no doubt but there'll be somebody at the back door and they'll be dropping off what they've been able to lay their hands on Brilliant. but I I think it, it might be something you know going forward that carers should have a little supply of those kind of things because I said it to I was talking to a fellow called Crowhour from the Corkman and I said we have our own little front line here Patricia <laughs> you know we're we're all the time trying to protect Fionn and you know just do our best for him and we probably could do with that sort of thing yeah. on a regular basis I think it's it's highlighting gaps in services without a shadow of a doubt we're, yeah. we're hearing every day and I see more calls this morning about home helps and home helps haven't been given and they're going from house to house from yeah. vulnerable client to vulnerable client and all they have are gloves and even the gloves in some cases are being limited and, and restricted yeah. that I do think there's gaps showing that needs to be addressed and with this coronavirus sooner rather than later and I suppose it doesn't even bear thinking if Fionn got COVID-19 no oh lads no no No. absolutely not no no so Brenda your message to everyone is it to, to to stop the spread of this deadly virus is it like stay at home 
Oh, definitely stay at home anyway. And I suppose just I know everyone is struggling because it's so surreal for average families to have to do this. But, you know, take a minute and think about families like us that have been doing it for years and how you're protecting little fellas like Fionn and people like me and my father. I'm sure everyone has parents and grandparents and we all want to keep them for as long as we can. We don't want to see any of our loved ones having to be taken into hospital and not to be able to see them and comfort them. That's that's beyond um, awful, you know, the thoughts of that. Stay in and don't bulk buy as well, Patricia, actually. You know, the families that don't need as much hand sanitizer and antibacterial hand wash, you know, don't buy it all and leave, you know, the likes when Trevor just chances going downtown for the shopping, there's none there for us then. If people, you know, could just try and buy what they need and and leave the little bit for us, it would be brilliant. My God, you you really have a tough at the moment, but you're just, you're incredible. You're just yourself and Trevor. You're incredible people and we're thinking of you, Brenda. And just just stay safe and and we're always here if there's anything we can do or anyone around because I know you're so well known around um, Ballyhay and there's so many people out there would be only too willing to give with any help they can't come in they can't come into you but the community are brilliant they are fantastic we'd be lost we'd be lost we'd be lost only for them we're so grateful to everyone in Ballyhay and you know far doesn't Ballyhay the the community that we have is up and down the country really because there's people reaching out to us from everywhere we're very lucky the support that we receive and we're very grateful for it Patricia Okay we'll give when Fionn wakes up give him a hug from us and we're thinking of you all and we'll talk again soon alright Thank you so much take care and Take stay care bye bye and stay safe yourself God help her uh, and there people are moaning about having to stay at home that's uh, Brenda O'Connell Barry I think putting aside of the store putting aside that we don't hear that much of and that's carers who are stuck indoors self-isolating trying to protect themselves as carers because as Brenda said no plan B no plan B for little Fionn if if she gets sick and we won't even try and contemplate what would happen if poor uh, Fionn came down with it so you know the rest of us let's all do our bit to keep Brenda and and Trevor her husband and little Fionn to keep them all safe and if that's all we're asked to do is to stay indoors and you might be sick of looking at the other fella or herself and they're all annoying you go to a different room just uh, everybody just stay safe and stay indoors 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls Another reminder to everyone to follow the public health advice and keep following the five key steps. They are vital to protect us all. Regular hand washing, coughing etiquette, not touching your face, physical distance and staying at home if feeling unwell. Working together as a country, we will come through this emergency. We will succeed and better times are yet to come. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Now, we were so busy uh, last week with our coverage of COVID-19 that we didn't get a chance to speak with the Knocknagree native Ellie O'Keefe, the singer-songwriter whose journey on The Voice UK came to an end the weekend before last. Uh, Ellie joins me now from uh, London. Good morning to you, Ellie. 
morning, Trisha. How are you? I'm very well. Now, your mentor, Tom Jones, really soul-searched over his decision. It could have gone either way, even though I really felt it was you he was leaning towards. Did he say anything to you afterwards? Oh, God. You know, like, he, do you know what? He couldn't really look at me, you know, when I went down. He was so... I was actually quite worried about him. I, I felt like, you know... It was a really, really hard decision I think he had to make. And, you know, who knows what pressures are behind the scenes as well on these shows, do you know yeah. what I mean? And, like, when I came down to give him a hug, like, I was genuinely concerned about him. I was just <laughs> like, I just gave him a hug and I said, you know, Tom, like, it's okay, like, to follow your heart. And he was just, it was like he was kind of a little bit in shock because, like, in the live studio as well, it's very different to what you kind of see back on TV. I mean, obviously, it's the same. But, like, like everything is so much more heightened. And, like, the live audience were, like, you know, there were a lot of them were shouting for me to go through as well. You could hear and, that. And Shazar, actually. And it was kind of like the decision was a little bit of a shock. But it could have went anyway, really. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think God love him, like, he just, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, you have to look at, I suppose, what kind of artists are marketable as well on these shows. And, like, you know, like, Lois is a great singer. She's, like, a church singer. And she's young as well. She's, like, 10 years younger than me and me and Shazar. And she has, you know, I suppose, a lot more energy for the music industry and stuff like that. And she did a great performance, you know. I thought me and Shazar had a bit more of a classic kind of performance to us, like, as mm. in, like, Lois had a lot more choreo- choreographed kind of um, on the stage and stuff like that. So... I think maybe it could have been something to do with that. I'm not sure, but it definitely felt Tom was, he took a very long time to make his decision and he did want to change his mind, but it was like he couldn't, you know, yeah. that kind of way. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, was it edging towards me? But I mean, oh, I, I would 100%, you know, 100%. <laughs> and your dad, <laughs> your dad looked gutted. Is he over the disappointment? He was, yeah, he was, He, you know, he was so like, he was he he was gutted because to be honest, like for me, I was obviously disappointed, but there was a massive sense of relief as well for me to be honest, Patricia, because I was really like going through the rounds were, were difficult, you know, for me. The environment was very intense, and like as a performer, I did feel like I was being taken away from my kind of natural self, like not having my guitar and you know coming out singing a Beyonce song, even though I was delighted with the song choice and. I was really proud of myself, like, for the version I did. It was still very much out of my comfort zone. And I think a lot of people that would know me for years playing music, to see me kind of come out in that light confuses people a little bit. Mm, um, and I think, mm. like, you know, so for me, when I came off stage and I hugged my mom and dad, I was just like, oh, my God, thank God I don't have to do a live show. <laughs> I was thinking to myself because I was just so, like, stressed about it all, you know, and just worried because it's just, I can't describe to you the intensity of it. Yeah. But Dad had tears in his eyes and I was like, Dad, don't be upset. Like, and, do you know, of course he's going to, he, like, he sees, like, he sees his daughter up there, like, you know, singing her heart out and being in this, like, insane room and with a crowd shouting my name and then I don't get called. It, it, it's madness, like, do you know what I mean? And what but now, fine, but, but, but what now for Ellie O'Keefe? Well, my plans really were to I was going. To, I have a single ready to put out, really since, ready since since January. But because I was in 
contract with the show. I, I can't put anything out as long as I'm contracted until it finishes. So the, I wanted to release a single called Gold, and I have a video for it and everything. Um, and I was going to just plan a little tour in Ireland and the UK. Um, but obviously, with the with the coronavirus, no, it's sure everything's mm. everything's at a hold. Even even the gigs they normally do. So it's really big changes actually. But I've been um, in contact with a management company over in the states that are looking to kind of work with me and kind of building up my you know my kind of my brand and my my career. Just um, basically working together for the next year and seeing about maybe doing a tour in, in the US next year. Wow! Uh, next summer. Wow! So yeah, I mean. I've a lot to do, really, Patricia. Like, I mean, as you know, like I've been playing now for so long. I mean, it was a great journey being on the Voice, and yeah, you've no, like, you've no regrets over taking part. I oh mean, no, yeah. no, I don't. The only, the only regret I have is, is probably not doing. I wish. I mean, I tried. I wanted to do an original song for the Knockouts, and I, I really wanted the chance to actually just properly be like Ellie O'Keefe on The Voice this is and me. really see, see how the public would react but they kind of pushed me in a direction that was like pushing me vocally all the time and pushing me out of my comfort zone and I was just trying to be the, the best contestant I could be and like when you know so I, I, I couldn't really not like go down the route that they kind of pushed me down and I didn't like massively like kick up a fuss either because you know you don't want to be doing you know what these shows are like. You know, it is all about TV at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure how much thought goes into the actual, you know, the regard for the actual artists and what their kind of, their, their vibe is or their niches. I mean, like, we talked about it a lot and I did feel like at the time they had an understanding of me. But I suppose looking back at it now, I'm like, I really, that's the only regret I have is not being a little bit more stubborn and saying, look, this might be my last opportunity to kind of just do my own thing and I really want that chance. And I didn't do that. But in saying that, when I sang Halo and I, I really did leave everything I had on stage, like, like mm. I I did the best I could and I was really so proud of myself. It was stunning. Like, it was just, abs- uh, it was yeah. absolutely stunning. <laughs> and you, you're, you're in, you're still in London, I'm right in saying that. I, yeah, yeah. yeah what's, um, what's London like? at the moment I mean it, it, it's it's kind of bad everywhere I mean like obviously like there's still people going out doing their exercise every day and there's still a lot of people going to work you know because it's just so there's millions of people living here so even if like a small percentage of people in London still go to their office jobs it's still going to be like um, two, one or two million people like travelling on public transport you know what I mean are um, you so are you it, staying indoors of course I am yeah but yeah. the thing is I'm, I'm a part time music teacher as well and they haven't actually shut the schools. The schools are still open for frontline workers. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's very little in the schools. There's only, like, it could be 10 to 15 children. But, like, we ran Rosa to be in there. And, I mean, like, I like I, I like the idea of us doing our part, especially for, all, like, you know, it's EHS particularly and all, and all the, you know, policemen and just, like, anyone who's, like, basically heavily involved in, trying to keep everyone at home and trying to keep everyone safe and um, so yeah that's the reason they've left the schools o- open although I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's making any difference because I'm not too sure if the children that would be in would be like all from the NHS but I'm sure they are like they, like if anyone who has anything to do with like key workers you know even delivery men or anything like that so um, but yeah so like that's the only time really I'm leaving I had to go to school on one day last week I'm nothing now this week and probably a day next week again. 
Um, and so, supermarkets you know, and heading out, heading out shopping. What's that like? It was a nightmare. It was a disaster over here. There was an awful lot of uh, panic buying, which really, really made the whole situation a lot worse. I feel because. People couldn't get, you know, the regular kind of essential stuff that they need, like pasta and eggs. And like, literally, we haven't, we bought one. <laughs> like, we were able to get eggs once in the last, like, four weeks. Like, you just cannot get them. It's just an absolute joke. It's so stupid. Have you, um, have you, toi- like, have you toilet rolls? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> toilet rolls. You know, but that was another thing, like, but I mean, like, there's only two of us living here in the flat. We don't need that much toilet rolls. But, like, but you know what I mean? Like people were going mental, like. I know. And I listen, mean, listen, Ellie, it's it's the same here. And I take it you're touching base with the parents in in Nocknagree as to how they're doing. Hmm. They're all good, thank God. I mean, they're isolated anyway. Sure, being in Nocknagree, thank God. You know, because my, my my dad, no, he he's had a rheumatoid arthritis, so he's on a lot of medication, so yeah. he's got no immune system, so he's very careful. And my sister's the same. So they really, really, they literally, they haven't left. They haven't left the house in two and a half weeks, like maybe yeah. three weeks actually. And now we've so, got, and we've gone into official lockdown now since, yeah, yeah. since, uh, since. And it's right. Listen, we'll we'll all protect each other uh, by doing yeah. it. So it will be a long. Well, it'll you won't be home for the for the for the foreseeable future. I, I guess so, and I can't wait to come home and just see everyone in Ratmore and that degree. Like I mean, the support Trisha has been so phenomenal, and I just feel like it's all happens kind of in Ireland and I haven't even been there you know I know so I know it's going to be some, some shindig when I come back so there will be there will be gigs when you come back as well yeah well I mean I might come home first for a visit it's going to take it's going to take a few months to organise the tour so I just have to kind of it could be even next year but it's when that tour happens now I would say because I was planning on doing it in the summer while I was off school you know but um, I'll just have to see I'll have to see when, when, once see how these two months go with the virus and uh, but once I come home I'll definitely I'll give you a call and please I'll, do I'll please do oh, well, I, I would love that we'll have you in live <laughs> and you bring the guitar bring the guitar oh, of course. I never let the guitar go again anyway after my experience <laughs> listen it's it's a pleasure as always and, and hopefully they're listening to you in Knocknagree this morning so so oh, yeah. hi to Mammy sure and Daddy hi to Mammy and Daddy O'Keefe you oh. mind yourself and stay <laughs> safe because that's what it's all about oh. as well yeah, exactly. And you too, uh, Patricia. Thanks so much okay. for having me on. And take Ma- care. Take care. God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, the wonderful, wonderful, superly talented uh, Ellie O'Keefe, singer songwriter from Knocknagree. And it's it's a name we're going to, I know we're going to be seeing and hearing an awful lot more of. I mean, I could not believe I was so disappointed for her last Saturday week when she got, when Tom didn't pick her, but and he went on about he was really wanted to change his mind. And I felt it was Ellie that he was going for. But listen, it wasn't to be and she had an amazing journey on The Voice UK and onwards and upwards and we'll get over this coronavirus and life will return to normal and then we'll get to see and hear uh, Ellie O'Keefe playing live. It'll be fantastic and something for all of us to look forward to. Uh, 1850 Just on the prescriptions, remember we had a call earlier that I straight away queried from Pat saying that his doctor said that the doctor was nominating where his repeat prescription would be sent to and he had nominated Mitchellstown and Pat said that wasn't his local pharmacy and I was absolutely querying uh, that. I have been on to, uh, a number of people have been on to us to say that when they got on to their own GP, the GP um, were asked what 
pharmacy do you normally use? Like Joan, for example, in Charleville said she was able to pick her pharmacy and her prescription was sent there. And I can see a couple of texts in saying pretty much the same thing. Doctor said, what pharmacy do you use? And it was sent on uh, straight away to them. So we are getting that checked. We're waiting. We're waiting on answers back from the HSE around this whole thing about pharmacists being able to dispense uh, medicines when the current period when your prescription runs out, they're able to extend the date of it. We're just trying to get a little bit of query, a little bit of clarification on that. And in particular, are you allowed to name your own? pharmacy. Joan in Lombardstown says I was at the GP and your own GP will send the prescription on to your pharmacy. I had to get one and they just said they'll send it on to my pharmacy. They either fax it or they email it whichever they is easier for them. So yeah, so it was just I just querying Pat and just for I think Pat needs to get back on to their own uh, doctor. And just to clarify something else as well, somebody said I'm currently on the Mallow to Killarney Road and it's deserted. That text that you read out from that listener is rubbish. And that was the text that came in earlier from it was a WhatsApp that came in from Pat in Bantir saying now maybe it was a different time of the morning what I don't know saying that the, he reckons the Mallow to Killarney Road was busier than normal but somebody as I was reading it out said I'm on the road at the mo- moment and it is deserted and that's what we're hearing back that most places are deserted which is good to hear I think the majority of people are abiding by the stay at home rule long may that continue certainly for this two weeks will it be extended after that I can see people asking that as well Hard to know. Hard to know. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Lots of people at home with time on their hands. And of course, lots of people because we're all staying at home, not able to get to see people who've got birthdays and whatever. And a couple of people have been on. Somebody says, which is a happy birthday to Vincent O'Mara from Copine. His friends in Tip want to wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. And hi to Julianne and Michael Dean. They're in Castletown Roach. Evelyn thinking of you today. And Mary Kelleher is 97 today. Happy birthday to you, Mary. Your daughter Margaret was on wanting to wish you all the very, very best. Happy birthday to you. John, a delivery driver, was on to say he was working yesterday. He was stopped twice by a member of someone guard the Shikona to know what he was doing. Where was he, where was he going? He said, to be honest, he said, I was delighted to see them. And uh, he says, in all fairness, he didn't see the usual Sunday traffic. People are, were heeding the advice and staying at home but he said it was good to see the Gardaí who were out across the weekend he carries with him a letter from his employer anyone doing essential work has to have a letter and you need to have that letter and be prepared you will be stopped Uh, it is certainly happening and someone else was on Helen was on to say on my way from work today she's on reduced hours at the moment she was working from 8am to 11.30am but two young Gardaí stopped her inquired where she was working what she was doing and where she was going and then told her to go home and stay at home for the remainder of the day and that's exactly what Helen is doing well done and people yeah who have to go out like our good selves here who come to the radio station we all have our letters with us in case uh, we are stopped but as soon as we're finished finished our jobs we're back back at home and we are staying at home just because you're out at work it doesn't mean that you're around and you know that life is as normal for you you still have to go home as soon as you finish whatever job it is and a man who I have to say is working extremely hard at the moment is the Minister for Health Simon Harris and he took time out this morning to go in to uh, our Dublin studio to speak with Jim Nugent and Mark Noble. And they began by asking him how many hours sleep is Simon Harris getting at the moment? Four hours maybe, five sometimes. Right. Um, pretty intense, but uh, 
have a young baby, so that's uh, that's good training and good practice uh, for sleepless nights. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that definitely helped. The big headline uh, grabber this morning is the nursing home situation. Um, yeah, which seems to be one of the biggest clusters in terms of the virus here in Ireland. What do you think is is or do you know yet? What is the specific cause of that? So we don't exactly know, but what we have a sense of, if you think about it, um, this virus spreads when people come into close contact with each other. The germs literally can move from one of us to the other. And that's why we're all being told to keep apart, keep our distance, stay at home. So therefore, obviously, if you move to a place where lots of people are living, uh, that increases the risk that start with. And then you obviously have a situation where lots of staff are going in and out as well. So the risk of kind of people bringing the virus in. Um, it's high as well and look we know let's be honest we know every winter whether it's the flu or the vomit bug we see um, the outbreaks of infection uh, where older people live and this is a this is a virus that you know a lot of us are going to get uh, and a lot of us are going to get better from but we do know the older you get the more serious it is so I'm, my big priority now for really the next couple of days is to try and really get on top of the nursing home situation we're going to meet uh, the representative body for nursing home today and then our top doctor, the chief medical officer, he's going to come up with a list of recommendations of actions we need to take. But, um, look, we've made a lot of good progress in the last couple of days thanks to the huge work of Irish people, which has been really frustrating, you know, effectively suspending normal life for so many people, but to doing that to try and save their lives. Now we need to focus on the nursing home sector for the next couple of days and try and make a bit of progress there too. Um, we have a, a question from a healthcare worker in a hospital. They're saying they're concerned about their uh, social distancing in public, but uh, not in hospitals. If we're treating patients, we can't distance ourselves, but we're not wearing PPE. Um, yeah. what, what, would you, what would you say? So yesterday, yesterday you probably saw on the news, we had an Aer Lingus flight land in Dublin Airport from China. And we're after basically buying millions and millions of face masks, gowns, and goggles, things to keep our nurses and our doctors and other healthcare professionals safe. As they're entirely right, we're asking them effectively to go into harm's way. You know, while lots of us are being told to sit at home and stay at home, these people are going to work and we need them to go to work because they they are saving lives, but we need to keep them safe too. So we're after buying a lot of PPE and personal protective equipment, face masks, and the like. Started landing yesterday, it's been distributed today. I think there's nine more flights from China due to land to Dublin uh, with this personal protective equipment between now and the start of it. The process at the moment where medical staff are being tested, it seems quite long. Is is there any specific reason for that? There doesn't seem to be any, uh, not not jumping as the queue as such as the wrong terminology, but it seems like doctors and medical staff are in the same boat waiting for testing and, and certainly results. Yeah, no, that might have been true a couple of days ago, but you probably remember we changed the, the rules for testing last week after talking to the World Health Organization. So now we're prioritizing, obviously, critically ill people, if that makes sense. And then the next group we prioritize are people working uh, on the front line. So they are being prioritized for testing. And then often you now have their hospital labs processing their tests, whereas if you were I were to get a test, it would probably go to a lab. So they are now being prioritized. For the very obvious reason, if you were a nurse or a doctor waiting for a result, you, you probably can't go to work during that period of time, and we need them. You can't go to work, no. Yeah, so we need, we, need them, we need them back at the bedside looking after patients. They want to be back there. So the quicker we can get their test results, the better. So they are being prioritized. And obviously a lot of the testing centres over the weekend, some had to close or, or didn't open because of lack of kits. Do you think that, that won't repeat itself due to the PPE that's come in now? We've got to be really honest with people here. Like, we're gone from a situation where we were just testing people who were effectively skiing in Italy or in China and coming back to Ireland to a situation now where we're testing 
many thousands of people a day who have symptoms. And there's no country in the world that isn't going to be pressured when that happens. We've gone from a situation where we used to have an ambulance call to your house if you needed a test, to now having 46 testing centres open right across the country in all sorts of different locations, including Crow Park, Parky Queen, uh, and lots of other places. Um, and that does mean from time to time we do kind of hit a pinch point. But I, I think we've had some good news on that. The HSE has now secured 100,000 testing kits uh, a week uh, coming in, so we should see big improvements on that. You'll remember about a week ago, I think there were over 40,000 people uh, waiting for a test. It's now just over 10,000. So they are getting through it, but I do need to ask people to kind of stick with them because they're working 24-7. They're doing everything they possibly can. But in normal times, in peace time, if you like, what we're asking them to do would take many, many months to set up, and they're trying to set it up over a couple of days to, to really get on top of it. Are you happy with how the public has responded to your calls to stay indoors, or do you think there's more we can be doing? I'm largely happy. Um, and I mean, I'm hearing from people right across the country uh, who contact me on social media, who write to me, who email me, telling me you know, about all the efforts they're making. And people are making really big efforts. And we have seen... We've seen the very best of Ireland, and I don't, don't, don't mean to say naff when I say that, but like we've seen so many people step forward and say, I want to help. The one, that, the one that I thought was really amazing last week was when postmen and women around the country uh, decided they wanted to do more. They weren't asked by the government, they weren't asked by their managers, they weren't offered more money. They just put up their hands and said, look, we're calling to the homes of lots of older people every single day, dropping off letters. You know, is there a way we can check in with the older person? We obviously can't go into the house because we can't risk spreading the virus, but is there a way we can see if they need a few messages picked up or need the prescription picked up in the pharmacy? Like, that sort of generosity is, is, is deadly. It makes you very proud to be Irish. At the same time, we've seen, you know, and I don't want to over-egg it, we've seen, we've seen some kind of, you know, annoying behaviour as well. We obviously saw a situation with a guard being spat at the street and guards having to deal with that sort of stuff. This stupid thing called the Corona Challenge where some people are going around funny to cough people's faces, that sort of thing. But look, you'll get, you'll get idiots in every situation. The overwhelming amount of Irish people have been, been really amazing. And it's bloody tough for them, you know? I mean, you're asking parents, you know, the novelty of kids having a couple of days off school has long worn off. It's not like the snow. If you remember the first day of the snow, everyone was happy to be home. Second day of the snow, people were getting a bit bored. And the third day, they were nearly digging their way out of their house. Um, like, it's tough for their families at home. Lots of kids off school, climbing the walls. Um, but people are doing everything they can to kind of stay busy and I've just got to remind them why we're doing this we're doing it to save their lives we're doing it because we don't want to go the way of Italy um, where almost a thousand people died one day but like we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't that's absolutely serious that it is. it's a matter of literally saving lives and when we look back and decide have we done well or not in the country it'll be on the basis of how many lives that we actually saved and I can do my bit and I will but actually your listeners and do way more than I can by simply just doing as their doctors are asking staying at home if at all possible. Can we ask you, the Business Post Red Sea poll that was uh, published yesterday, the um, massive surge for Fine Gael amongst the public, does that make you feel reassured that you guys are getting this right? To be honest, I've been, I, I actually have no time for politics right now, to be quite honest, because I mean, I'm just so stuck in working with everybody regardless of their political persuasion the people of this country have really come together so I think polls can account for nothing at this stage and I even think it's I even don't want to even talk about polls but I but I do think at the moment the Irish people are united and everyone is working together and whether you're the government whether you're in opposition whether you're a media presenter like yourselves trying to get the public health messages out uh, whether you're people in the local sports clubs trying to do your bit to help your community 
and obviously the frontline workers right across the country and frontline workers including by the way people in our supermarkets and our factories who are mm. getting up today and having to go to work to make sure we all have food to eat so I just think what's happened in Ireland now is people have really 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 uh, pulled together but I mean there is there is something I'm worried about beyond the coronavirus as well and uh, and if you don't mind me saying I think you guys have a, have a role to play here as well which is just I am worried about people's mental health Um you know, it's not normal what we're asking people to do. Uh, like all of us, you know, miss friends, miss family. You know, we like meeting up. You like the odd hug. You know, you like being able to go down to the pub and have a pint, hanging out with your friends. And we're basically asking people now to sit at home. And and I think we all need to try and keep them, go- keep, keep them going, um, looking for things that we can do, sharing ideas of what we're doing to keep ourselves and our and our families kind of occupied, busy. And, um, and just kind of, Again, I don't don't mean to sound naff when I say it, but we, we all just need to be a little kinder to each other because the next the next two weeks are going to be tough. You know, they are genuinely going to be tough. But the prize is huge. Like if we get this right, if we get this right, we're going to look back in a couple of months' time and say, "Geez, do you remember that time? It was really rotten in Ireland. We all had to do these really kind of weird things and wasn't even allowed to go further than two kilometres outside the house to walk the dog." But geez, we we went a lot better than other countries. I mean, that's that is the prize, but that doesn't take away from the fact that. Really, really stressful. On on that uh, kind of situation, which is essentially a lockdown. Two questions in one, if I may. One, yeah. do you think there's any more steps uh, further as to what we're in at the moment? And two, do you see this period being extended past Easter Sunday? Without worrying people, there are always more steps, right? But at the moment, we don't have any. We don't have. There, there isn't a secret piece of paper in the department with a load more measures we could take. I mean, what we have done is pretty serious. Um, and pretty significant. Um, it's effectively suspended normal life for so many people right across the country. And when I talk to our top doctors and I talk to the chief medical officer, I mean, there is a real sense of hope um, that if we can just give it give it welly, give it everything we possibly can for the next two weeks, we'll do our bit, the people do their bit, everyone look after each other, that we'll actually see improvements. And there are some hopeful signs already, like just one, just give you one, I mean, when we were diagnosing people with this virus about two weeks ago, on average, they had been in contact, close contact with 20 other people. When we're now talking to people, on average, they've been in contact with five other people. So that, 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 that's making it much more difficult for the virus to spread. It's going to help save lives. Do I think it'll be extended beyond Easter Sunday? Got to be truthful. I don't know. But I think, being very honest, that these measures are so restrictive and so significant, you can't leave them in place for a very long time. But the judgment call our doctors had to make was what's the right time to bring these measures in so what we're planning on doing is going kind of intensively at this now for a couple of weeks in the hope that when we get to Easter Sunday we'll be able to say look we've actually made a bit of progress everything can't go back to normal and um, it'd be a complete fantasy to think that's going to happen that's, this virus is going to be with us for many months um, but are there some things that we can lift and change on Easter Sunday I really hope so I mean that's what we're all hoping um, because like I say we need to be able to look after the mental and physical health of people and and the current situation, you know, is not one you can sustain for a very long period of time. We have a question here from a health worker. Can you say to the Minister, Minister Harris, he's, he's doing a, an amazing job. What can be done about patients putting us at risk, leaving hospitals to smoke, meeting family and friends outside? I've had t- three patients doing this this week. Yeah, well, look, thanks to that health worker. I mean, that shouldn't be happening. There are now, and again, I don't like talking about these in a kind of scary way, but I mean, we do now have very clear emergency powers that any of the public health issues that we have brought in on the basis of the doctor's advice, if people aren't abiding by them, 
um, you know, our guards and others uh, can ask them to do so. So I certainly ask that the guards kind of keep an eye with the hospital management on making sure that the message is very clear. You can't visit family in hospital. I know that's really tough. Um, we all want to visit our loved ones, particularly when they're sick. Now, obviously, there's exceptions that can be made on compassionate grounds if someone at the end of life and the like. But in general, the best thing the Irish people can do to help the nurses and doctors is, is not just applaud them. They deserve that applause. And I was so delighted to see everyone around the country clapping for them. And, you know, it was a really emotional moment in our country. But actually, the best thing you can do is stay out of their way. Let them get on with their job and follow the public health advice. That's how we're going to save life. We asked President Higgins this last week, what song do you wash your hands to? President Higgins picked Hosier, Take Me to Church. But what are you singing when you're washing your hands? <laughs> well, well you've, you've probably heard me telling people to sing to sing along to Happy Birthday, but to sing it in their head. And when I say sing it in their head, it's because I'm an absolute poxy, <laughs> uh, poxy singer. Um, but uh, I, I think when you're in a job like mine, um, Mr. Brightside, um, <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. important thing to try and keep up your mood. <laughs> Okay, now thanks to the guys, Jim Nugent and Mark Noble at a Dublin studio for carrying out that interview earlier today with the Health Minister, uh, Simon Harris. Uh, an interesting one, they were trying to push him on, will this go beyond Easter Sunday? Um, it is very restrictive, the measures that have been put in place, but I think listening to him, some aspects of it might be lifted but we certainly will not all be returning to normal on Easter Sunday that is for sure. Okay some of your questions coming in Hi Patricia, is the testing centre opened in uh, Mallow? I'm assuming you mean the one at the race course. If it is we are onto the HSC just to get clarification on that because we know that the testing had to end yesterday because they were out of kits and I know Porky Cree they were going to Porky Cree which is the big I think it's the biggest one in the country biggest testing centre in the country I know that's had to close down but then what came in from China yesterday on the plane that had testing kits uh, in it as well and they ran out of testing kits all over the country and most of the test centres closed yesterday but most of them are back up running today including the one at Porky Cree but we're waiting to get the, the HSC to get back to us for clarification on the testing centre at the race course in uh, Mallow. Sean says, Hi Patricia, I do gardens for a lot of people. I don't actually go into their house. Can I still go there? <sighs> I would say with the new restrictions, no, because do they, the cutting of grass and cutting back of hedges and, and the other great work that you do, Sean, at the moment in this two week period would not be deemed essential work. So I would say no, my, my reading of the measures would say no for the moment. Maybe the end of the two weeks, listening to Simon Harris saying they may lift some of the measures. But in the meantime, I certainly would say uh, no. Questions for Annalise. Keep those coming, please, because Annalise will be joining us in a couple of minutes. A lot of people giving out about the fact that the civic community sites are now temporarily closed and people still questioning what to do with household rubbish and we are awaiting, we've sent an email off, we're awaiting a reply from them. Somebody else is saying that this opportunity will be used to dump rubbish. Um, the, there's rubbish being dumped at a site in Ballydaheen in Mallow. It is becoming an eyesore. Uh, hi, would you give a shout out to all the HSE dental nurses, dentists and orthodontists who've been drafted in to work in the COVID centres across the south of the country. Challenging times, long hours and very cold conditions but they're doing us uh, proud well done Sheila says Hi Patricia my car insurance has come and it has to be paid next week I'm self-isolating and I only got 
get to the local shop every 10 days or more. I don't have a bank card and I deal only in cash so I can't pay online. Will will I be okay to drive to town in a couple of months time to pay for it or will I be breaking the law to drive uninsured? It's like I have to choose between breaking my lockdown or risking getting the virus or driving without insurance. Uh, when I go to pay for it. Any answers, please, says Sheila. I straight away would say, Sheila, do not even consider driving without your insurance. God forbid, even on that short journey, something was to happen to you. Or if you get stopped by the guards, you would be breaking the law. So don't even contemplate driving without insurance. OK, uh, my initial thing would be, is there somebody, you're, you're obviously dealing with an insurance broker. I would say ring the broker straight away and tell them the, the predicament you're in. Is there anyone, have you a family member who could call to the house and you could pass out through the window all your documentation and the cash and let them go to the broker for you? If you don't, I would suggest ringing your local on Garda Siakona. The Garda all weekend were, were really pushing this from their press office that if anybody is stuck, if anybody's on their own, if anybody has a problem, that they need to get something and they don't have telephone numbers. There's wonderful loads of numbers during the rounds of voluntary groups and organisations in your area where people can come and do shopping for you, go to the chemist, whatever you need. Uh, and certainly I imagine or any one of the voluntary groups would help you out as well, Sheila. But if you ring your local Garda station, tell them the predicament you're in, they'd either send a member from Garda Chicana over to you, pick the money up and go and pay your insurance for you or they'll put you in contact with one of the voluntary groups in your area. But firstly, check in with a family member, see if there's a family member could do it for you, but do not in any way contemplate not paying your car insurance and then when all of the coronavirus is gone and the day will come when life will return to normal and then you will be in a situation having to go and drive without car insurance. Do not consider doing that unless you let the insurance lapse and then when you want want to take out the insurance again, get somebody else to drive you to the broker but do not consider driving without insurance, Sheila. But there's lots of people around lots and lots of people who will be only more than willing to help you out if you don't have a close family member who can do it for you. Paul says, Hi Patricia, I live in the countryside and the amount of tractors passing me this morning with children in and on the tractors, very disappointing, says uh, Paul. Hi Patricia, any idea for people over the age of 70 have you any idea for people over the age of 70, are they allowed to go shopping or to go to the chemist for medication? Or are they not allowed to go out at all? No. With the cocooning, anybody over the age of 70 is told to stay indoors, get somebody else to do the shopping, get your shopping delivered, use one of the voluntary groups in your area that are falling over themselves with volunteers. But for these for this two week period, this is this whole idea of cocooning. And I know we're going to be doing something tomorrow on it because we have a lot of people asking questions um, about it and we're hoping to do a piece on it tomorrow. But no, if you're over the age of 70, you're not to go shopping, you're not to go to the chemist. You've got to get somebody else uh, to do it for you. And then somebody says, Patricia, I'm one of those over 70s and I hate the word cocooning as well. I heard that GPs are still seeing patients. They are indeed. How is the person who is cocooning supposed to visit a GP? If we're not if we're not meant to go outside our front door, the advice is that everyone over the age of seventy are in the vulnerable at risk group should try to access medical assistance remotely. So what you can do is you can call your GP. However, the person who is cocooning, if you have an appointment, then you can go absolutely. But the first thing you, you should do 
if you think you need to see your doctor is call your doctor. Lots of the GP work at the moment now they're talking to patients over the phone and they're dealing with patients over the phone and we're hearing of them emailing or faxing your prescription to your local chemist and somebody going to pick it up for you. So there's other ways it can be done as well. But if the doctor physically needs to see you then people over the age of 70 can leave their home. But if you're stopped by a member from Garda Siakona you're going to have to tell them what you're doing. I think they're suggesting that the guard, that the doctor might send you a text message to confirm that you have an appointment so in case you are stopped to prove uh, while you were out. So yes, medical appointments, you can go to and from medical appointments, appointments but as soon as your medical appointment is finished, you go back home ASAP and you stay in for this two-week period. Another texter says, now, how right was I some years ago when I suggested that we should keep the maternity hospital opened instead of having it all in one place? What happens if there is a serious virus outbreak at the maternity hospital. Uh, what would happen if they had to close it? Well, I don't think there would ever be a situation where they would have to close it. But yeah, I know they're fighting really hard to try to keep COVID-19 out of the maternity hospitals. Um, am I right in saying that there's nobody allowed in, that if somebody's gone into labour, fathers, is that in place? I know certainly at other maternity hospitals around the country, fathers were not allowed in. You know the way fathers go in for the birth of the baby. I, I don't know if it's here in Cork, but I know certainly in some of the Dublin hospitals, nobody is allowed in. The mother goes in, gives birth to the baby and nobody's allowed to visit and nobody's allowed in with her at the time of the uh, delivery. Uh, John says, uh, attention Patricia's programme. Uh, will street cleaning and the emptying of street bins be resumed? If not, it'll be a health hazard. We're getting on to the County Council about that. That's part of our question to them about what people do with household rubbish. Uh, Tim says, in the past, the accumulation of rubbish and waste attracted insects and fly infestation and gave rise to disease. In some areas, people use the rubbish bin on the street for their household rubbish. They're not meant to be doing that, but those bins need to be emptied. John says, by closing the civic immunity sites, are Cork County Council only going to worsen our dumping situation in our counties? Wait and see. There will be a lot more dumping going on. Uh, Rob says, hi, I look after an elderly man aged over 70. How come they didn't pay a two-week state pension payment last week that means that you have to go out again to go to the post office next week no uh, Rob they did everybody got a two week payment last Friday maybe the person you're looking after didn't tell you which is quite within his rights but everybody got paid two weeks even people who got paid who get paid say a direct debit into their bank accounts it was a two week payment paid to all social welfare recipients last weekend those three postcards Mum post by the way so somebody are a great idea but how are we meant to get to the post office well if you're cocooning you can't go out to the post office you're going to have to get somebody else to post it for you or you can wait wait until the two week period is up and then you can go out and post your card but I think in the main the people that are staying indoors and are self-isolating I think the idea is that the postman will be bringing postcards to you from your loved ones to say that they are thinking for you and M says Hi Patricia my friend is renting a shop in Cork and paying rates to the council as well she was wondering does she still have to pay rates it's a second hand uh, shop I know we're running a piece we're running an ad I'm sure did I hear it on the news there is anyone who's business has been affected by COVID-19 or his business has had to close 
there are there there is a suspension of rates for the three months for the three months I think it's up to May but they are asking people because the rate bills went out just as the COVID-19 restrictions were coming into place and they were asking people to please contact them uh, to let the council know the situation that you are in and hi Patricia you're having somebody on from on post that's tomorrow we've confirmed that we're having somebody for on uh, tomorrow on the programme from on post 1850 lines open the C103 Cork Diary with Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie the St Vincent de Paul office at New Road in Mallow is open for food distribution and assistance requests at the following times until further notice. They're there Mondays and Fridays between 11am and 12 noon and they're also there on Wednesday afternoons between 3 and 5. You can also contact 022 50188 and leave a message and your call will be returned. And members of the public seeking assistance on COVID-19 can contact the National Support Helpline via text message 086 1800 or you can call them on 021 2377809 and we have a huge list of different areas of voluntary groups that are offering help to people living in their area. Let me pick two to tell you about uh, today. If you are in Timaleek, listeners can contact Eamon on 086 8518 And if you're in the McCroom area, you can call 086 086- Four one four zero eight zero six. Okay, we've had Anne on to us. Good morning, uh, Patricia. My child was stopped going into a shop at a beach last week. We went there for a spin. This was before the lockdown and an ice cream. Uh, we my child was stopped and told no children allowed in the shop my child came out of the car very upset and she said ma'am do I have coronavirus she's only six she also stopped when we got to the top of a queue at another store after queuing for 50 minutes the girl at the door said she'll have to wait outside we just walked away her poor little face was so worried why can't I go into the shops ma'am fair enough if shops are not allowing children in please have a clear sign before we queue as it's confusing enough for them without adding worry and upset on them if I saw a sign I wouldn't have queued and made some excuse as to why we can't go in. To be told you can't come into a shop but everyone else can and you have to wait outside with the dogs. Uh, Not happy says Anne who is not pleased. A lot of shops can I just advise people uh, particularly during this two week period where we're all told to stay indoors there's a lot of shops are introducing that they're not allowing children in so if you don't want to put your children into that situation where they don't quite understand why they're not allowed into the shops then please leave your children at home uh, if at all possible get somebody to look after them uh, Mary says just want to know Carame Fair which is due in Botswana is that cancelled in July I have no idea and remember nobody organises Carame it'll be interesting to see what will happen um, please God restrictions won't still be in place in, in July but we're just going to have to wait Hi Patricia please don't call out my details last Saturday evening at a house across the road from me a family pulled up in a minibus two adults and four children got out and then an SUV came next with two adults and three children a car arrived next Next, one person went in and then the bus came the bus came from the Clare area as I know the family 
The rest came from all over Cork City. The people living in the house, there are a couple and they're 70 plus. They are healthy, but they are in the at-risk group. No two kilometre rule was adhered to there. But some people seem to think they're above the law. And we're always going to get that. We will never get 100% compliance of this. But you have been warned, the Gardaí are out. The Gardaí could stop people. uh, And they are stopping people. We're certainly hearing about that. But we'll never get 100% compliance, unfortunately. Mary Amalo says, I had my COVID-19 test in Mallow on the 20th of March. I'm still waiting on the results. Uh, my isolation is up now, but I'd still like to know the results. Uh, what do I do? You're up to, and today is the 30th. Yeah, see, we were told you should be getting the results back within four to five days. I'd call them, but you need to have that number, that code number you got, Mary. But give them a call and see how you get on if you haven't heard, because that seems an excessively long period of time. Hi, Patricia, just wondering on the health insurance. I'm with Leah. Any news? Read the company and them giving a respite from us having to pay uh, every month under the current circumstances. I had an email, I'm with Leah as well, I had an email saying that they're reviewing it and I know VHI, I read in the paper today, VHI are reviewing it as well and looking to compensate members. They just haven't decided yet how much is going to be, but it does look like money is going to come back in some form uh, but they still have to go through everything with the HSE and the HSE taking over the private hospitals. So it's been worked on. Watch this space. Mary says the closed bins in Supervalue Kenturk are all full. There's some questions for Annalise. Keep those coming, please, because I'm going to go to Annalise in a quick uh, moment. Have I all of those done? I have. Let's take a quick commercial break and we're back with Annalise after these. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between. We've got it covered. To listen, go to c103. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. and click regional reports or download the C103 app and click podcasts. Regional reports only on C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. For C103 photos, videos and more, follow us on Instagram and get a good look at what's going on across Cork. Search Instagram for at C103 Cork. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Let's go to Annalise Drussell at the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolly. Good afternoon, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. Are you st- you're still open? We're still open for the moment, but okay. we'll have to. We're just going to go day by day, I and mean, we'll definitely provide a service, Patricia. Okay. But it may be that we'll need to cut back on our hours a little bit. Okay, but um, social distancing in the store and all of that. Absolutely. Okay. So only only two people allowed in the store at any one time, and ideally, we're asking people not to browse. So we'll go and get the items for them. Uh, you know, we're providing gloves and. Well done. Um, hand um, sanitizer and all of that. So and is it very quiet or are there still it people It is so quiet today, yeah. Patricia. Yeah, there's nobody around. Even, it's kind of, it's like, it's just like nothing I've ever experienced. You know, when you wake up in the middle of the night to go somewhere and you have this eerie feeling that you're the only person on the planet, it's like that at nine o'clock in the morning, 10 yeah. o'clock in the morning. There's just no one around. Everything is closed. It's very strange. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, I drive my drive to work this morning as well. It was a very eerie, eerie feeling. Yeah. But if we all dig in and just do this for the two weeks and see where we are at the end of the two week period. Okay, lots and lots of questions in for you. Burr uh, is recovering after a bout of shingles. She wants to know: Is it normal to feel ta- tired? Any recommendations? Read food or supplement after shingles, and how long should this tiredness last for? Yeah, so that is that. I mean, that is post-viral fatigue, Patricia, and it's very common. And not only after shingles, but people who have shingles do find it takes an awful lot out of them. But it can also happen after a bad flu. Particularly this winter, the flu was so rotten that um, people were still feeling, you know, tired and not fully back to their normal selves after six weeks. So I think the best thing to do is take a tonic, like the Source of Life Gold. It's brilliant. It's got everything in there to kind of give you a good nutritional boost to give your energy system a boost, to give your immune system a boost, to give your kind of your mental health a boost. There's lovely things in there for the brain function as well. So it's a good all-arounder, a really good pick-me-up after being sick. Um, and if you were worried that, um, you know, you might get the COVID, taking a natural antiviral would be very good as well. So things like um, elderberry um, extract is a brilliant natural antiviral. There's also something called monolaurin, which comes from... Um, from from um, a kind of a colostrum supplement from cows that is a very good natural antiviral. Um, any of those will just help your body get rid of the virus fully out of the system and then the source of life cold will give you a great boost. Okay, hi Annalise. Um, what would you recommend is good for cold hands and cold feet? Rest of my body appears to be very hot all the time. Menopause, 16 years on, Suzanne, still suffering from the hot flushes. And actually somebody else is on. What could Annalise recommend for very bad menopause? That's from D. Okay. So for the hot flushes, the best thing generally is sage tablets. And you can get them in um, any health shop. There's lots of different brands. You may need to take a double dose to begin with. You can also drink sage tea. That is the best 
in terms of hot flushes. But other menopause symptoms would be things like um, low mood or anxious or cross, all within the space of five minutes. Um, anxiety is a big thing as well during menopause. Um, and lack of libido, not just, you know, your sexual libido, but also lack of your lust for life tends to to uh, go a little bit when you've got menopause. So I think B, vitamin B6 is a wonderful one for that, especially if it's um, that low mood is accompanied by sore or tender breasts. 50 milligrams of vitamin B6, um, you'll get, again, you'll get that in any health shop, but it needs to be a high dose, like 50 milligrams. Other things that are very good for menopause are natural plant-based estrogens. Now, these are not technically suitable for people who've got a family history of cervical or breast cancer but if you don't they're perfectly safe and they mildly mimic estrogen which is a way of helping to rebalance your your dropping hormones and these are wonderful for all over menopause um also sometimes i find after menopause the thyroid can maybe slow down a little bit and that might be a reason for the cold hands and feet so taking a supplement with selenium and iodine in it at the least uh will be very good for not just supporting your thyroid, but making sure that you're converting the thyroid hormone into the active form within the cells itself. A lot of women would notice, along with with cold hands and feet, Patricia, that the metabolism is slowing down, so you're starting to put a lot of weight on, very hard to shift, uh, particularly around the middle. And again, taking something for your thyroid is a great way to kind of boost that. And there's a lovely supplement by um, Viridian. The thyroid complex is excellent. Uh, but there, uh, there's lots of different types of ones. So your local health shop will have a good and one. And would that them. be the same advice for this listener who says, what's the best brand for borderline underactive thyroid fatigue and foggy brain? I need to be well. I'm in my early 60s. Yes, definitely. Something like that. The Viridian one is a nice one. I have one in the shop here by a company called BioNutri. Um, that's a lovely one as well. Uh, I get very good feedback on that when I use it in my clinics. That one now would only be available through the shop here. It's uh, more of a practitioner supplement. But if you go into your local health shop and try an off-the-shelf one and see how you get on with it, for a lot of people, they'll notice the benefit within the space of two weeks. Patricia, they'll find they've more energy um, and over long term, temperature is rebalanced, easier to kind of lose a bit of weight. Um, You know, hair and eyebrows will grow stronger and the system doesn't feel as sluggish and that can happen very quickly. Okay, hi. Is it okay to take zinc carcone while on a tablet for acid reflux, says Mary? Yes. Um, The zinc carnison I often recommend, Patricia, it does a couple of different jobs for acid reflux. Number one, it helps to tighten the little sphincter muscle at the top of the stomach to prevent the acid leaving the stomach and travelling up that um, your esophagus. The other thing it does then is it's very good for the mucus-producing cells in the stomach lining. And if your stomach can produce a nice thick layer of mucus, it protects the stomach cells, the stomach lining, from acid that's released when you're eating for digestion. So it's very good in terms of preventing, um, you know, damage from over-acidity and perfectly safe to take with um, a, a proton pump inhibitor or any other antacid medication. OK, and very quickly, a final one for Mary. Is it OK to eat four portions of fruit daily? I suppose, Patricia, you know, I, there's no kind of definite good and bad. I mean, the good thing about fruit is that it's full of vet, vitamins and minerals. The bad thing about fruit is that it's plenty sugar. It depends on the type of fruit that you're eating. Berries, for example, tend to be far less sugary than most of the other fruits. So so likewise, oranges and apples. Uh, bananas, melons, mangoes, they're all very high in sugar. 
I generally say as a rule of thumb, two pieces of fruit, one of which should be berries, and up to eight vegetables a day would be the healthy way to approach it. And try and avoid fruit juice at all costs. Okay, stay healthy. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. That is Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in uh, Ballancolleg. Tom says, Patricia, would you please make it clear that the people over 70 are not entitled to the two kilometre rule outside their house for exercise. Anybody over 70, it's all to do with looking after you guys. You've got to stay indoors. There is a two kilometre rule there, but that's for anybody under the age of 70. You can still get your exercise, but you've got to do it around your own garden. You're not to be going out for walks. That two kilometre rule is for under 70s. We're going to be doing more about the cocooning and explaining it more tomorrow on the programme just to give clarification for people. And also we've somebody from on post if anybody has questions to do with on post with somebody coming on uh, tomorrow because somebody is saying could you give your cards and letters to the postman to post for you as far as I know you can. The postmen and women are really stepping up to the mark here to look after people who don't have anybody else to call to them so I'll get that clarified uh, tomorrow. I wonder says uh, a listener should um, is it wise for on post to be sending out these free postcards to households uh, as I believe the virus can live on uh, cardboard. If somebody sneezed on cardboard it would live for a period of time but by the time it gets to your house it is well well gone and actually when somebody was asking about newspapers John Paul tells me the World Health Organisation has come out to say that the virus does not live on newspapers and that it is quite safe to buy newspapers and we're encouraging people if you when if you are going out to do your shopping and you're not in the in the group of people that are cocooning to go out and buy newspapers and perhaps if you know somebody in your area who is self-isolating and is staying indoors you might consider buying a newspaper and pop it through the letterbox for them. It could be your random act of kindness uh, for the day. So it might be something that you can think about. But we will have on post join us tomorrow answering any questions that people have about from on post's point of view. But, but in particular, I want to talk about the role that the postmen and postwomen, it's a new role that they are uh, playing. And it's something I know Simon Harris mentioned it in the interview that we carried with him earlier uh, today. They came up with it themselves. They know the people that they go and drop post off post to every day. They know the most vulnerable and they're calling in their wonderful bunch of people. Thanks once again to John Paul and Sadie answering your calls. Nick is with you for the afternoon. Talk to you tomorrow at uh, 10. Stay safe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.